What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yo. Hi. One time to see. Do you want to do Blackbird first, or do you want to do... The number one Hollywood creep right now. Don't binge it. Overall, I thought the performances uh, carried the day. Welcome to the big stream. I'm Kyle Coster. I'm here with Stephen Douglas. We are both of the big lead. We have watched a lot of TV. We have watched a lot of movies. There's been some downtime since our last podcast. We're going to talk about two things today. We're going to continue our episodic breakdown of the rehearsal, and then we're going to talk about Blackbird, which is very different than the rehearsal. Last night, Nathan Fielder put forth an episode on the rehearsal called Apocalypto. And when I saw the name title, I didn't understand what that could be what that was going to entail. As I said on our podcast last week, it looked as though he and Angela were playing at being a married couple in the previews. And largely that's kind of what happened as the real world feelings came into play. There was debates over the best way to raise a kid, hot button issues about religion, a hanging question of whether Nathan Fielder supports Israel or Palestine Yeah, that's a cliffhanger. I doubt they go back to that for episode six. I thought that this was a very simple and straightforward episode that got to a lot of real human emotions. And I think it wasn't, and I think once again, they showed what it's like for people on the other side of this experiment how they don't really have agency. And and it showed a really good understanding from Nathan of the position that he puts a lot of these people in. But again, there was that wink and the nod and the comment to what the artistic process is. And I was just thrilled and, and happy for it to be on my screen. Again, it seemed like we've shrunken in size, if anything, is the thing to take away about the rehearsal going forward. Yeah, I think that it was uh, another kind of important episode for the people that had um, a lot of had some complaints, some criticisms, very fair ones to be said about people that are the subjects of the rehearsals, you know, being manipulated and stuff like that. And I mean, he he addressed it again, like he addressed uh, both through his own rehearsals and through uh, Angela's words, how this looks to the outside. He completely understands that. And he, he even did the debate with himself where it's like, well, you know, it's it's entertainment. It's silly, but it's it's real situations that are interesting, you know, and that's where the awkwardness comes from. And I mean, he kind of made himself both uh, kind of the victim, you know, of these experiments and show himself to be kind of vulnerable because, you know, he he had touched on his divorce previously. And in this one, 
you know, he, he brought his parents in and, you know, how he's like has to explain this to the people that he actually loves and cares for and how they, you know, he saw his mother and father and his mother's like deep down, you know, she wants her son to, you know, find a nice girl and get married. And he he's kind of is back in this position where he was, it seems, with in previous relationships where he's, you know, kind of letting himself get pushed around but also he is kind of as angela or as fake angela pointed out he's in control of this even though this is all set up for her yeah and and i think that the the ending is a good place to start in that i was shocked to learn that this is this is the penultimate episode there's only one more i thought i was hoping this would go on for months but apparently we only get one more and he's gonna wrap up this one rehearsal and, not, and like this show just we had no idea what was going on we never knew where it was gonna go we're only gonna end up seeing one two three really three actual rehearsals and then everything else is branching off of this main one with angela yeah i think you could really assess that and and wonder if this season is a success and I don't want to take anything away from the show because I really love it. It's what I look forward to most on television. It's probably number two to succession right now, just because I don't know what type of experience I'm going to get. But I do think like the Angela thing fails. She leaves, she bounces. She doesn't see it to completion. When the other guy that was going to, get the inheritance from his brother. He ghosts. There's a lot of unfulfilledness in this series. And Fielder is cleaning it up on the back end, presenting an entertaining story, no matter what. But I do think that it raises the question whether or not this was a successful experiment because he's going to these great lengths and he's building these worlds. But I think we're finding that, you know what? People don't want to play in his world. Yeah, like it's not so easy for them to be like, oh, you know what? I'm totally into this because it's their life. Like it's easy to consume this from afar and guilt free. And it takes a half hour on your weekend and then you move on unless you record a 45 minute podcast weekly. Then it takes an hour, 15 plus editing, maybe two hours. And I'm going to give a real example. But the it's so real for the people who yeah are consuming it and it's just like angela was was done with it like i understand why she wanted to leave they show that she wasn't taking it seriously when he was out on his prolonged trip to los angeles and if she's not doing it seriously what's the point of it you know like if she's putting on a show for nathan like who's who's using who in the situation again it's just one of the million questions you can ask when you're looking at how these people are being presented and ultimately you know like it it sways based on what nathan chooses to show us and what he doesn't some interesting subject material here too Mm -hmm. i I was really it really resonated with me that he kind of gets pushed around or he goes with the flow to avoid conflict and that's me to a t so this really was like right in the circle where i was like yep 
totally. You know, it's like go down and check the cookies or whatever she has them do. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're just going to go, go ahead and do it. But you know, the parents always know best and the parents are always looking out for you. And I think it was kind of so beautiful that Nathan's mom was so honest with him as if this was a real relationship. And it's kind of like, you never stop like teaching and being a parent. And I thought that that was really cool to kind of see like the bookends of him being in this experiment. That's going to show him a little bit what it is to be a parent, but his parents being right there. And then actually like giving these serious life lessons for something that was totally manufactured and kind of fake. Well, one thing that stood out, this is something that we're going to experience for uh, the rest of our lives. And the show was clearly shot right at the height of the pandemic. Because, you know, I mean, his family comes down, there are people wearing masks outside. Uh, they sit outside and have a meal, socially distanced. It's just something that, like, 10 years, you're going to see this. Or, like, I saw, there was a clip from Family Feud I saw where the celebrities were socially distanced. You know, it's just very, it's it's very of a time. This, this it's going to be a time capsule for where we were. He definitely failed in two out of the three rehearsals you know he brought Miriam her back to the house and he's like do you want to rehearse and she's like no I shoot from the hip and he's like okay you know I mean this is it's not for everybody Angela kind of you know she she really gave it to him a couple times I mean there's the silly stuff about Satan and you know being very uh mean Miriam said anti-semitic which I think we saw at the end that she was also uh, she was very in the other extreme. Angela just kind of she she's like Nathan's a liar. He likes to lie. He starts fights, you know, totally calling out all, all that stuff. And then she, you know, broke up with him, as it were. And she did take advantage of him. As far as we know, you know, she was enjoying that little vacation and she pushed him around when he was there and then she's like well i don't want to do this anymore and it was you know it's it's funny but it's super awkward the part of the end where the little kid gives her a hug you know while he's playing the kid and she goes to get in the car and he's like well thank you for being part of this and you know she you kind of think like they get a hug and she just sticks out her hand and it's you know he he made himself uh the butt of some jokes here so i mean he he obviously does manipulate people and you know but he's as we learned last episode with uh when they're breaking the fourth or fifth or whatever wall you know he's well aware of it and he made note of it but it's also you get hilarious things like as much as we love mel gibson as a director he doesn't direct this show <laughs> it's so good it was and i have to say Okay, Apocalypto is getting run through the mud here. Apocalypto is a very entertaining movie, okay? Like, you can argue about the politics and things would have been presented much differently now, and it is Mel Gibson, and you can't separate that, and I totally understand it. But just for a watching a movie in terms of pure entertainment, it's pretty nonstop with action and some really memorable scenes. I fired up from time to time, so I was happy to have the moment to discuss it i know you haven't seen it we probably won't talk about that one because it's going to be you know too hot button we are afraid of the issues much like nathan is <laughs> as they as they move to black i want to talk about the actress who played angela in the rehearsal and another, she was unbelievable another great discovery 
she was just fantastic and she was so good and i and when you're talking about how nathan was the butt of the joke maybe the realest and like most cringe thing to happen in this episode when they were going really hard and basically the actress said you'll never have a real moment and that like reached down into my soul and i was just like my god like it felt like that actress was saying this thing this pinpoint measure of truth that you would never get in any other setting and it was just like a direct kill to his heart and I don't know how much of it was acting and I don't know how much of it was really hurt where he's like, let's try to do one that's nicer, but he will put himself in this situation to have those nerve endings hit and exposed. And I don't know. I don't know. Like when you talk about every time he's called a liar, he doesn't argue, which I think is an interesting choice. It's just kind of like almost a Jim Halpert. Like, it's just like, what's going to be said next really fascinating study and and i and i think that we're learning more about nathan as we go on and he surely learned a lot about himself but i mean just the artistic and creative process we're at the point now where like the fact that he built an 82 foot walkway and obtained a special liquor license from the state of oregon to serve drinks at the alligators lounge now what is it? Nate's lizard, Nate's lizard lounge, better name, more attractive name. We're just glossing over that. Like if I hadn't remembered right then we would have moved right on, but it's kind of like we accept and we've just seen him do it once that it's like, it, it's just like, that's a throwaway line in episode five, just some closing thoughts on the episode. I thought it was small and I thought it was contained I, I do wonder what it means, big picture, knowing that it was the second to last offering of this, if there's going to be a season two, if there needs to be a season two, and if this show was the absolute home run and connected on everything that it was trying to do, I don't think that it was, but that doesn't mean that I haven't enjoyed each and every single step. And I'm always going to be going about my life kind of wondering like what Nathan could have done or what he has potentially in store for the future, because it is just, you got no clue what's going to happen the moment you press play. And that's different than so much of what you see on TV because you kind of have the fiction hybrid split. I expect him to nail the landing. I have no idea how it's going to end, but I think it's going to be amazing. Going back real quick to uh, him putting himself down it's like and just he's a liar but he also sneaks in a lot of honesty like especially about his uh his practicing judaism where he's like you know i i don't go i don't go anymore but i celebrate the holidays and stuff and he's like and i don't go to this because it's it's super boring he's putting himself in these awkward situations you know they're there for the other people to react and act ridiculous but i mean he's the one that has to suffer through like the palestine israel thing and he's the one that has to explain you know why is the kid coming out of the why the kid fall in the shower he's it's just a a great job all around yeah we'll have longer expanded thoughts after the season perhaps series finale next week i hope not i hope it's not the series finale all right. Yeah, we're going to have to start like a grassroots letter writing campaign, although I have to say I'm a little nervous about getting too close to this guy's orbit. I don't want to be involved in anything. I'd prefer he not know that we're discussing this. Uh, well, so don't what, tag him. 
one big thing is like the budget like what she another thing where he's honest and you know mentions like you know i have to do it during the holidays and it's hard to maintain winter and then that zoom out where they show the perimeter of the snow and then he's like it's kind of nice to have this bar just for me that hbo paid for the budget for this show i mean we mentioned it in the very first set of podcast recap you know it's just i don't know hbo might love this but they're like i don't know if we have the budget to do this again and just go around the country recreating fuddruckers everywhere speaking of fuddruckers you could find those in the upper midwest where i live uh staple build your own burger we're going to be talking about a series that hits a lot of the assorted cornfields abandoned lots and other body dumping places along the way up here in Maction territory. And that's Blackbird. And this was a neat and tidy six episode series that aired on Apple starring Taryn Edgerton and Paul Walter Hauser, Greg Kinnear, Ray Liotta. What a cast. Edgerton was in the role and he plays We won't spoil it all, but he plays a criminal that goes to jail and is tasked to spy on a particularly creepy inmate played by Hauser, who you may remember from the Richard Jewell movie and one of the better I think you should leave sketches. Uh, This guy has range. Stephen, what do you think of this? I know that as the series went on, we kind of compared notes and we liked it. But what are your broad thoughts on what I think was kind of a neat in tidy, dramatic representation of something that was a real, a, a true story and might have been better as just a straight fictionalized version of events. I think it was a very good uh, true crime show. It was quick, six episodes. I saw in one review that it was compared like to, uh, to The Night Of, which is something that had a great great opening episode and then just drag through all the prison stuff this i thought it, it it moved right along the leads were really good taron edgerton is awesome i i mean i love that kid he's like i mean ever since the kingsman just um he is great i i really like watching him and paul Hauser's like the number one hollywood creep right now Plus being able to be in something like I think you should leave. He's he's obviously very good at what he does. Uh Greg Kinnear was solid, you know. I, I there probably could have been like 20 uh guys from Hollywood that played the exact same role and been fine as well. And uh I we should get the uh police uh officer, I think it's uh Sapide Moafi, who she was also very good in limited uh limited work but i mean it was it was really about uh taron edgerton and uh him working with paul walter hauser and james and larry were very good together yeah you know this was a conversation show there wasn't a lot of action and i think you go into it expecting kind of you hear prison you think there's going to be a ton of violence there's going to be a ton of action This was talking because the whole thing relies on gaining friendship and hearing about this. So this was essentially just people trading monologues. And 
you had two people who were both really going for it in different ways. Edgerton is kind of like this James Dean. I thought he really dialed it up. I thought that there was some overacting. Um, he's trying to be the most charismatic, charming person in the world. Mm -hmm. This is the first thing I've ever seen him in. I, I grew to like him a little bit more than I thought I would halfway through the series. Hauser playing Larry Hall is just trying to be as creepy as possible in his own unique way. He plays slow so well. I mean, the Richard Jewell story, it's kind of like a similar role, but his specific brand of crazy and the fact that these two could get together, the power dynamics were never clear about who was going to emerge from this. I mean, you thought that like maybe the good guys are going to win, win in the end, but you're never sure. And I think that the last episode does a really good job of entering a lot of doubt into the equation. I wasn't hundred percent sure how this one was going to change up. There were some curveballs thrown, but I, I just, I kind of wished that there had been a bigger land at the end than what it was. I think it was really excellent through five episodes. And I had heard that the ending did not satisfy a lot of people. And I would count myself to be in that camp. But then as soon as the ending comes, they do the thing where it's just like, this is a real story and here's what really happened to this person. So you like, you felt constrained by that. I just would have liked it if they went in a different direction, which they never could have because they kind of had to stay true to the story. What else stood out to you? Well, I'm just seeing that Paul Walter Hauser was in Cruella, uh, which has a big part in our site's history. I don't know. I just, it kind of, it, it was a show that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't remember like any big promotional push for it. it just kind of showed up on Apple TV. And I was happy to watch it. One of Ray Liotta's last performances. Much better sign off for him than uh, the Sopranos movie showed that you know he he still had it up until the end when he was in a uh, a decent project. Yeah, I mean the ending was a little little down, but I yeah for the most part I think it was a a good solid uh, true crime show. And, you know, I, I would probably revisit it. I, I, the performances were really, it was a lot about, as you mentioned, like becoming friends. And, uh, you know, it's a weird, weird thing to say about a, a prison serial killer show. You know, it was about friendship. It's about the friends we made along the way. But yeah, it was mostly about just uh, talking and trying to get people to, to remember things. And just with flashes of all the bad things that really did happen. And they kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of did make uh, James seem in peril at times, even though you kind of knew he'd, he'd at least get through the end of the series. They they had the, the gangster guy who didn't really do much. The corrupt corrections officer was kind of neutered there. It wasn't really clear, but overall, I thought the performances uh, carried the day. I'm glad you mentioned Leota because, I mean, it was emotional because the character he plays in this is deteriorating physically greatly. And around every corner, he hurts his son. He doesn't mean to, but he gets him in more hot water. He can never really solve any problems. And you have to kind of watch this story of forgiveness as he's like, he was this larger than life figure 
growing up and it's just to see him kind of reduced to what he was. I thought his performance was excellent. The emotion that he showed was great. I'm glad he had that because I felt the same way about the many saints of Newark. I thought that that was an abomination and I was really happy to see, you know, with like when he was in good hands, what he could do. I want to throw out too, you know, Gary, the actor who played Gary Hall, Jake McLaughlin is kind of quiet for five episodes. And then the sixth, he really shines. I thought that he was magnificent. I thought that he was great because he plays sort of like this country redneck who is a simpleton, but this he's unable to unlock like this second layer. Like it's like, no, he is good looking. He does have sexual chemistry with like any, any woman that he meets. He has all these brotherly feelings and it's just like, we explore everything that he's going through and like this big data dump at the end that I thought was really a cool way to do it. And that actor did so much more with it than I ever was expecting based on his previous performance. I think that Blackbird is something, you know, if we want to do rankings out of four, it's a solid three uh, and it's probably a little bit higher uh, had they stuck the landing and had a real chance to be a three, five show for me, easy breezy doesn't like, I will say you will have to love like long prolonged dialogue. And if you're listening to a podcast, that should be no problem for you, but there are some really lengthy speeches. And I think at times you can get thrown off at someone trying to be overly creepy and doing it like in this falsetto high voice. I think that can get a little bit grating and a little bit tiresome. And maybe you don't want to watch these back to back to back. Now this was an Apple show. So it was released week by week. I would say watch this one at a slower pace. Don't binge it because I think you would really struggle if you sat down and tried to stream them all. It wouldn't be as good of a product. Yeah, I agree with that. That's one of the pluses to being an Apple show uh, that they have stuck so far with the uh, the week, weekly release. So, I mean, this and uh, uh, the rehearsal both were coming out on Friday nights. So it was there was a lot going on you know it was it was nice to have stuff that i knew like friday night after the kids go to bed that you know there's gonna be something new to watch and i think that was a good pace for blackbird i don't know i don't know if you'd be able to binge it like like something like the bear you know where you got where it's just like each episode feeds into the next but yeah three's pretty fair i'll get you out of here on this as we talk about episodic television premiering on a specific night mm. of the week and whether we like it or not. I would say that if I was by myself, I wouldn't really like this, but the fact that I'm watching most of my television or at least the television I'm going to enjoy enough to be like discussed. I'm usually watching that with my wife. I, you know, you're a parent like I am and you get precious little time together. So that's kind of like what we set aside I think the fact that I'm watching it with someone gives it, it elevates it and it brings it back to the past where it was like, you know, it's Monday, how I met your mother's on, or it's Thursday, ER is on, like whatever it might be. It's something that you look forward to and you savor, like for instance, last, last night, industry was on episode two. I know that it was a fantastic one because I've been hearing everybody talking about it. I've avoided spoilers to this point, 
but it's like, it's something to look forward as it comes through. And then you're able to sit and discuss and kind of like share that experience with other people or more directly in your house for like a month and a half, as it was with Blackbird. I, it just, it like, I think by having something that lasts a little bit longer, that's something that you share for longer instead of just ripping through it by yourself and going to the next one. So I'm actually really enjoying it. And I don't mind waiting probably because we grew up like this. If we were younger, maybe it would be a little bit more detrimental. Like I, I mentioned to you previously that uh, industry was something I'd never heard of until the second season started. And I'm, I'm probably halfway through season one right now. So maybe I'll catch up by the end of uh, season two and we can talk about it. But I think that it felt like Game of Thrones was the last uh, show that was the appointment on the night viewing where, and I guess succession, maybe it's just because we were doing the podcast, but I don't know. I think that the next show that's going to be like that is uh, the the dragon show. That's uh, funny. I, I can't even think of what the name is, but the new, the new Game of Thrones spinoff, I think that's going to be the next appointment viewing uh, for now. And I think that is kind of Game of Thrones legacy as like the last real appointment viewing uh, where you have to watch it that night live uh, or you're or you just have to hide from the Internet, the House of Dragon or whatever. The fact that we're actually getting like the promotion for it and seeing a lead up is something that's Game of Thrones legacy continued. Like we're actually hearing about something new. Um to this extent so we'll probably either me and you or me and liam or liam and ryan i'm do you, did you watch game of thrones i did i was late on it i caught up just in time for the last season and we all know how the last season went yeah. hated the ending like yeah. passionately uh, i haven't gone yeah. back and revisited i thought i thought the ending was bad enough that it ruined the entire thing for me but now you know as i've had more time to think about it obviously it was awesome for so yeah. long it was just so clear that they were gonna duff it at the end uh and then they did duff it so it was just kind of weird one of those weird like that was you know not to get too deep on it but it was like it was kind of like back before like you could see these slow moving disasters uh and knowing what was going to happen and and being like i think they're gonna screw it up and everybody's like no it's gonna be fine and then they screwed it up and it was kind of like yeah i told you so and i feel like it was kind of before that became a major part of our lives so it really stands out and sticks out but maybe you know like it was just uh cutting edge and and a, and a precursor to times to come but that was sorry that was a long answer no that's fine um because you're completely right about how it kind of ruined a lot of it because when back when the pandemic started, we were looking, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do for content. I I thought it was about a year after the series had ended. And I'm like, well, I, I can go back and I can rewatch it and do recaps because I didn't get to do that. And I got like five minutes into the first episode of the last season. And I'm like, I just immediately got angry just thinking about what was going to happen to these different people. I'm like, oh, so. House of Dragon, good luck to you. Uh, somebody will be here to talk about it next week, I guarantee it. And that'll make all the difference to HBO 
uh, hard times over there. So every little bit counts. Uh, we'll get we'll get the word out. I'm Kyle uh, Cost. Hopefully there's enough money left over from uh, the rehearsal for some uh, good dragon CGI. Please, God. I'm Kyle Coster. That's Stephen Douglas. This has been The Big Stream. Keep it tuned to thebiglead.com for all your written and audio needs. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.